You're listening to the Skylight Books Podcast. We're an independent, general interest bookstore putting great reads in the hands of people in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles. Hosted by resident Skylighters, we're here to bring you new and exciting author conversations, group reads, and bookseller chats. Happy listening. Hello, my beautiful listeners, and welcome to Skylight. This is the Skylight Books Podcast, and I'm your host, Lance Morgan. Today, I'm so excited to welcome a special about the author guest, Tommy Pico. What up? <laughs> Tommy T. Pico is a poet, podcaster, and TV writer. He is the author of book, the books IRL, Nature Poem, Junk, Feed, and Myriad of Myriad Keen Tweets, including Sitting on the Cock of the Gay. Honestly, what what a what a great one. Jealous, <laughs> jealous of it. Um, originally from the Viejas Indian Reservation in the Kum. Kumiai, I, I, I told you I did not pronounce it right. It's okay, Kumiai, it's all right. Kumiai. It's, no one gets it right the first time. Kumiai, yeah. <laughs> the Kumiai Nation. He now splits his time between Los Angeles and Brooklyn. He co-curates the reading series, Poets with Attitude, co-hosts the podcast Food for Thought and Scream. Scream Queen is poetry editor at Catapult Magazine, writes on the TV shows Reservation Dogs and Resident Alien, and is a contributing, contributing editor at Literary Hub. He was recently, Sundan- uh, recently a Sundance 2021 residence. Hi, Tommy. Thank you for the assist in your bio. Yeah, um, no, it's okay. It's totally cool. I mean, I get it. It's not like a word you come up uh, come up against every single day. And, you know, it's like, I don't find it disrespectful. It's just like, it's just how it is. You know what I mean? Language, <laughs> language, language. Language. It's so funny. Yesterday, a friend of mine um, was, I, we were talking because I'm Jamaican and we we're talking uh, about like um dialects and I, I was like I'm going to show you the name of the Jamaican dialect and I want to see if you get it right and he did not and I was just and I was just like he was just like damn I didn't get it right I'm like it's fine I do this just to you know test people for no reason just because I'm mean um uh, <laughs> no I just did it I I did to tease my friend um how are you doing Tommy um you know I'm good I as I mentioned before like on the the, the pre-interview where whenever this comes out we're actually recording this on tax day so uh Ooh. I think I have that phobia of like doing taxes and the other thing that we talked about and this is like a I like I got from um my really good friend Morgan Parker but it's just like absolutely ludicrous that black and indigenous people have to pay taxes to this country because yeah. fuck this place but like True. whatever Whatever, like I'm a TV writer now, so it's like, I don't know. Like, I, there's this comic Nori Reed who talked about like oh. being um being a TV writer, and she was like, yeah, you know, um, so now I'm a Republican. <laughs> no, yeah, she, it makes sense. And, and she's like, you know, like it's hard to do things with my friends because like I'll be like, let's go to Nobu, and they're like we're homeless. Like, I don't know what to do. So there was this whole extended <laughs> thing about like, and also um, it's like, it's, it's a, it's a new, it's, it's something that is in a, a writing endeavor that I've only done in the pandemic. Like I mm-hmm. made the switch from poetry to TV writing, like in June, 2020. And you know, been, when nothing else was happening, right? It was yeah. Just right. Calm, it was just like a totally calm, innocuous yeah. time. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. It was actually kind of too peaceful. I think yeah, like it was no. kind of idyllic. Um, I call it my Zen um, era. That was when I was, you know, completely well. I mm-hmm. had no, my mental health was at its best. Yeah. Uh, but it's been, a, it's been an interesting ride and not completely mm-hmm. different from poetry, but definitely um, a different uh, avenue and uh, departure for, for, for the written word, because it's mm-hmm. a medium that like, 
you know, it's a blueprint, like a screenplay yeah. is a blueprint for an, for something else. Whereas like poetry right. is the art itself. So mm-hmm. being a little bit less precious and having a little bit more grace and also being able to take notes is really incredible. I was terrible at it with like poetry because mm-hmm. whenever an editor would have a suggestion, I would just be like, well, then you write the fucking poem. If you have it a different, this is the word that I chose. And yeah. with TV writing, I mean, it's all notes. It's all changes. It's all, <laughs> it's all about being pliable. And it's mm-hmm. so much more about being a person that people want to be around for eight hours than it is actually about writing. So that was another learning curve. I don't know how we right. got on this subject. How did, how did this happen? couldn't tell you I think I I think I was like how's your day and (laughs) no and that's how your day is your your day is um writing you know that's I mean that goes into you you know my first question for you or the first thing I want to talk about how like how is writing just you know embedded in your life at this point because you know you're everything even just reading your bio but like I'm also a fan of food for thought and hearing you talk about you know your writing process on there all the time and just like every feel like every time I um open up any like news article there's your name saying it's currently involved in this project like how is how is that you know feeling it's interesting because my with with poetry Mm. my process was so much more mobile and Mm. I don't know like how I feel about saying the word process because it's like sounds corny or whatever but like but really like if you if you take a look at those poems uh in those books it's all about mobility it's all about me walking around the city me being around Brooklyn me being around New York me being around the country you know me on tour me doing or Mm. or Tebes rather doing all those things and being incredibly mobile and the last two years have been Uh, about physical inertia you know what I mean like physical stasis like actually not like an act of care and of goodwill is um isolating yourself and I had to I had to equate um separation with safety and survival and that was just very very difficult for me because I'm I'm like in addition to being like an extremely social person um and a kind of extroverted introvert I come from a literal tribal society where I was surrounded by people all the time on the res, like all different types of family member, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, you know, anybody. Um, mm. And I, it, so the isolation part was really hard for me. And what I've been noticing recently as I've been leaving more and going out for longer and longer walks around Los Angeles and really, because I don't drive and I never will. And I suck at driving and I fall asleep <laughs> behind the wheel of a car. I call it, I call it car collapse. And it's really an active care for me to not be on the road. Everyone in Los Angeles, you're welcome. You're alive because I'm not driving. Um, and <laughs> it was, you. yeah. And then like in the height of the pandemic, I was too scared to take public transportation. So mm-hmm. I, which is a privilege. So I, um, I just started walking around LA and, you know, there's that song walking in LA, nobody walks in LA. And it's very, very true. The only people I pass by are people walking, they're literally walking their shitty dogs, like they're shitting <laughs> all over the place. Yeah. So those are really the only, I, I don't see too many um, pedestrians, but mm. so, so walking, walking in New York or walking in Vancouver, walking in Seattle, places that have a more pedestrian culture, mm. you're, 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 constantly around other people but walking in Los Angeles you're alone you're completely alone and it's another Mm. um aspect of loneliness and being alone Mm. but 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 my physical like so I live in Koreatown I walk Mm. to 
I walked to fucking Skylight. I walked yeah. to Los Feliz. I walked to uh, uh, Silver Lake. I walk. I walked to West Hollywood. I walked to the Grove. I walked everywhere. I walked to Beverly Hills, and it's like it'll, wow. it's like a couple of miles. Let's see, I'm to load up on some yeah. podcasts, but I but I have my little routes, and then I don't. Oh God, do I want to say this? I guess I'm going to say this. Fountain Avenue is like the best walking street in Los Angeles because it can take you all the way from the east side to all the way on the west side like i mean not to the west west side but to like beverly right. hills so that's like a straight through mickey hargitay's plants on that the sunset nursery is on that and then if you walk up vermont you get to skylight you know what yep. i mean so i've like learned all of these little and, and exploring like like thai town and exploring koreatown and exploring downtown and exploring all these different neighborhoods the writing the writing instinct for poetry is coming back and I can feel it. Like I can feel, I mean, I, I had, I, on the pre-show I had said I hadn't written anything in like a million years, but I actually am working on something that I don't want to be, I'm a little bit superstitious about mentioning because mm -hmm. I don't want to put the cart before the horse, but that, that like, that sticky, oh, what would I, it's like, you know, you have a shot and you feel it in your ears. You're like, it's yeah. just something that kind of takes, that's how I feel. Like I'm, mm. I'm being re-imbued with like the spirit of the poems and it is totally 100% because my feet are on the pavement. Mm. And that is my process with poems. With everything else, it's just, I mean, the poems like, I eventually have to come back to the chair and like, you know, mm -hmm. let it all spread out. But I'm also like on my phone, like taking notes all the time. Every right. other type of writing is just like, it's total, it's it's more of I feel like with poems it's more of my experience and with screenwriting it's more of my imagination mm -hmm. because there are so many characters that I have to write for you mm -hmm. know it's like I was on Resident Alien I wrote for Resident Alien season two I had to write for an alien and the thing <laughs> is like uh is long with when it comes to when it comes to screenwriting as long as I've got some character like in a motivation like I can write for them I can find their voice or do whatever mm -hmm. but, uh, because it's it's all exterior and with poetry for the large part, it's all interior. You know, there, there are scenes and occasionally there are dialogue, but there's a lot of just like these, this is my chaotic mind expressing itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so when it comes to screenwriting, I can imbue poetry into it a little bit, depending on what kind of medium or what kind of show I'm working on. So with like mm -hmm. Resident Alien in my episode, I was able to, and in, 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 in pitching dialogue, I was put little metaphors or like little flourishes of language in there subtly not overblown because you know the show is also has a certain stylistic element to it and a certain mm. ratio of poetry and patter and uh and plot you know like Episode that I co-wrote with Bobby Wilson, like I uh, introduced this idea that there were multiple people and like there was like this council of Rita's inside of Rita's head that she could talk to when she looked into the mirror. And there was like an, inf there was like that base infusion of like poetry into something, whereas the dialogue had to be a lot more spare, like, um, and in, and in, and in talking, uh, and in making people talk and having conversations, people don't always use the right words and people mm -hmm. keep secrets and people harbor resentments. And so there's, you can't always be as transparent as you want to be. It has to be like within the spirit of the character. Whereas in poetry, um, it's, it, you know, you're, you're kind of like, I don't know, like a meat slab on a table. Like it's all out in the open kind of, um, I forget what the question was. <laughs> Just know the question, you're answering it. You're answering it. No, this is, I was asking about like, you know, poetry in your everyday life. Like what, 
like or writing in your everyday life what's that and like also like the walking that's I feel like that's so that's gonna make your poetry so unique too because no one walks in this even like I feel like well, I was like post-pandemic. <laughs> uh, that ain't it. This latest in this latest season latest, of the pandemic. The 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 season six. Um, mm-hmm. The we're in season six of like a Grey's Anatomy kind of show where it's like who knows one. No, this it's. I feel like people have gotten people not walking. I thought this. I thought LA would have been like a they would have changed how like people trans or travel about LA. Like more people would be, they would find a way to walk more. They would do all this. No, no one's walking. No one's taking, no one's doing that. So I feel like, you know, when you're, when if like wherever your poetry takes you, it'll be, and if it's influenced by this, it'll be so unique to see. I'm excited. I'm excited to whenever no rush and whenever it comes, I will be excited to see what comes of it. You know, the weirdest thing about being the only pedestrian in Los Angeles is that, ooh, I'm going to write that down. The only pedestrian <laughs> in Los Angeles. Actively writing on this podcast. I love it. Um, uh, is that there are, you know, friends who will drive by. Mm-hmm. And like, because I, you know, I, I walk on Beverly, I walk on Melrose, I walk on La Cienega and mm-hmm. Highland, and I, I walk on every street you can imagine. And... Mm-hmm. In, in those more exposed streets, like a Beverly or a Melrose or something like that, you know, mm-hmm. people drive by and they notice the only person walking on the sidewalk and it happens to be me. And like, I'll have a, like a friend text me, like, I just saw you, what are you doing, whore? Like, or um, or, or like one time Joe Osmondson was, uh, was staying in LA, um, actually this mm-hmm. past January and like pulled the car over in front of me and was like, what are you doing? How are you so far away from your apartment? And I'm like, I'm literally walking or I'll have like um, people in my inbox will be like people I don't know who are just like, you know, fans or they like, like the poems or like the shows or they like the podcast be like, did I see you on Western Avenue? And I was like, yep, the only pedestrian in Los Angeles. That's me. <laughs> no, actually, this is funny. I few weeks ago after when we were emailing to set up this podcast, like a day that I think I sent you an email uh 20 minutes before I was driving to meet some friends over at uh Mercado and I was like driving I was driving down Fountain and I'm just like wait is that Tommy <laughs> and I'm just like I'm like passing by I'm like oh my god I think that's Tommy. <laughs> and yeah. I'm and I'm just like in my head I was like oh my god do I say hi no that's weird and I just kept driving <laughs> but I was just like I was like I just it's so weird just emailing with him and I see him walking down no I mean you're you're I feel like you're becoming a LA landmark people are going to be like <laughs> where the Tommy Pico tour well, the, this is the, where the, <laughs> yeah I mean I, I can only imagine like if they're if this like the amount most oftentimes Most oftentimes, I was gonna say this sounds a little toolish. Let's put it that way. Um, most oftentimes, when people recognize me, more often than not, they don't say anything. Mm-hmm. So it's like if if like this amount of people have said they've seen me on the street, how many people have who haven't said anything to me? That's that's kind of like I don't know. That's like, I feel like weird, but also good. Like it's just like yeah. that's cool. I mean, it's it is like oh, there's that there's that like. 
uh, paisley jacketed, like gigantic queerdo on the street. Like, all right, cool. That's me. <laughs> no, I feel like you're more like, it's like, uh, it's seeing at this point, like seeing, uh, you know, I don't, I'm trying to think of a cele- what celebrity would I compare it to? Who's a celebrity you feel like you see? Like, you know, like that person that you're like, when you move to LA, you're like, oh my God, I recognize that person from this show. And then you keep seeing them your entire time living there. Here, I, here's mine. It was in Baltimore. I would always mm. see, um, what's his name? The director, um, uh, Hairspray and-, and uh, Oh, um, John Waters? John Waters, yes. John mm. Waters is that person. I just be like at a bar, be like, is that John Waters? And I like walk down, <laughs> so like, I think that's John Waters. He just has like a physical presence in mm. the city of Baltimore. And that's, and you're becoming the John Waters of LA. So congratulations. <laughs> I- <laughs> I hope I meant that, and I and I I could only feel like you could only take that as a person can only take that as a compliment. I assume for it's sure only- I should be so lucky. Shit. <laughs> no, you're becoming the John Waters of LA, and like no, I feel like there's gonna there's one day you're gonna get a tour. You're gonna see a tour bus, or it's like the Tommy Pico tour of LA. Honestly, it should be a walking <laughs> tour. Just a walking tour that <laughs> just listen. It's- I love it. I love it. I love it. I, I've been trying to find, because I've kind of realized that this year I realized that um, I was not moving back to New York. Like I'd always Mm -hmm. imagined like I'll move out to LA, I'll get my movie made and then I'll come back to New York. And Mm -hmm. going back to New York was always the final form that this would take, Mm -hmm. but getting into television writing, I mean, it's such a good job. It's such great benefits. I've uh, it's part of, it's like such a good union Mm -hmm. and uh, I want to keep doing that work and mm-hmm. it's not going to be virtual for much longer. I don't think right. I'm already hearing of rooms doing hybrid rooms or coming back together mm-hmm. in person. And, and that means that like, this is the place that I'm going to have to stay for the time being for the foreseeable future. So I've been trying mm-hmm. to find things to love about Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, what do you love? Do, what do you love about LA? I love that. I've, I've lived in like, this is my sixth city I've lived in. And yeah, six. Um, and I, it, I, I don't see the same thing every day. Like there's something new that happens. And like, you know, love is, I feel like not even like, not even love and like is two different things in my book, you know? Like loving LA means one day I will be accosted by, um, someone yelling some derogatory turn out of their car, but then like the next day, I will like a a a one a gorgeous black woman will tell me that I look like Brian Tyree Henry, and I will start crying in my car and like being like this is where I'm supposed to be. Like that's what I love about LA. Where like in other cities, I'll just be the derogatory stuff will just happen. When I lived in Florida, I was just like, oh well, I'm being hate crime today. Oh shit! I mean, Florida. That's Florida, but uh, but it's honestly, it's the reason why I wear headphones all the time because I don't need to hear what people are calling me. I don't need to be. I don't need to. I don't need to be aware of that. But it's funny because um, uh, Fran Torado passed Mm. by me on the street and and was like, I was gonna yell something at you, but then I was like, I think Tommy has like like pedestrian like trauma so i just texted you instead and i was like yeah. thank you friend <laughs> yeah no and i mean la is la is a weird city la is a weird city and i like it it's weird in like a unique way where i'm like 
Uh, also, the only city I I have never. I have never really truly believed in supernatural things until I moved to LA and I have seen goats. I have seen, I saw a woman, I was outside my apartment. Oh, my friends know this story because I can't stop talking about it because it's so creepy. I was outside my apartment building and I was going out, I was going outside um, and I looked to my left. There's a woman, like a blonde woman in a gray cardigan, just like clutching herself and shaking. And I'm just like, oh my God, is she okay? And I like, turn to like step off the curb to like just look down and turn back I swear to you half a second gone disappeared like she is nowhere to be found and I like look to see if like doors open I like look and like she's like two houses down so I look to see if like she went down uh, a little alley or something nowhere and I was just like I just saw a woman disappear cool I have seen my TV has turned on or like I was one night I was just like laying on, laying on my couch because I was getting ready to go to bed. I turn off the TV. 10 minutes later, the t- backlight of the TV turns on and just stays on for a minute and then turns back off. Nothing like that's happened to this TV before or since. And I'm just like, I, I've seen some things in LA that I, I'm just like, this is a, in a cool way, like a haunted city too like the mm-hmm. ghosts of you you go somewhere and you're like the ghosts of something lingers in the city like it just it feels like oh you're always thinking what was here before like the possibilities of things feel like crazy and like mm-hmm. i don't know you meet people who you meet people who do some really cool things i don't know they're cool people who live in the city they're mm-hmm. cool they're cool nice um i don't know don't move to la though there's no, there's not enough room don't move to la if you're listening to this you're not in LA. <laughs> move somewhere else um, i think a part of it has to do with what neighborhood you're into i i like where i live because if like as the only pedestrian in los angeles i can make it to either side Mm-hmm. within an hour you know yeah. like if I'm walking I have been taking cars a lot more though recently because I started Zoloft and I had less car anxiety I'm never going to mm. drive but I've been able to be a <laughs> successful passenger in one that's and good. then you know that's just increased my range a little bit so going mm. out to Glendale or um like east or, or or like the beach or whatever it is like right. the my, my um my mobility not just like with my own two feet, but my mobility in general in Los Angeles is just getting more and more expanded as, as I've, as I've, I wouldn't say resigned myself to staying here, but as I've realized that this is the place that I'm going to live for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. And as the pandemic enters, whatever phase it is in right now, where I don't feel as, I don't, I don't feel as locked down, I guess I would say. No, I mean, I feel like there's a sense of, I mean, there's a sense of a little bit more freeness, a little bit. Like, I feel like we're all like dipping our toes in the water just a little bit more. And I'm, I, I'm okay with, I am okay to see where this goes. Uh, yeah, I, I've had, I've like checked in with friends and been like, hey, do you want to have a phone date? And they were like, do you want to like see each other in person? And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot we could do that still. That's or again, <laughs> that's an option. That's an option. Now I we're seeing our options. We're remembering that we have options. I don't know, LA. I mean, I am genuinely impressed by like your walking ability in the city. Genuinely impressed, and like. A part of me when you said you were like darn cars again, like don't do that. Just go keep walking. Keep see if you can walk <laughs> to the beach. See, like, I mean, no, I mean, I have a friend. I also like 
I like what town I live. I live actually close to Skylight. So I live right. I live on off of Fountain, right a few blocks away from the Scientology building, which is. Oh, my know, God. That place is so fucking scary. scary. I, because I, I like, again, Fountain is like my I love that street. Um, yeah. But the first time I walked by it, I was like. Oh, this is real, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's really like imposing and gaudy. And but it's yeah. also like it looks like a prison. It like a a prison painted blue. Like it just I I live very close to where they all live. Like they don't live in that big blue building. They live like in an apartment complex. And I live closer there. And I have seen things that I probably shouldn't, I won't say on air because I don't want them. They will find me and I'm good. Um they, they're highly litigious people. Yes, they're highly yeah. lit, but they're highly litigious, like, but there's like a very like a very militaristic i'll tell you after i'll tell you i'll tell you after it's okay, crazy okay, okay. but um they know when i first moved into the neighborhood i live in now they are security guards by the building and every time i would drive past their security guards would like stare at me they would like what is happening like what where are you going they would stare at me and one thing that like honestly is in my side this is where <laughs> This is a terrible thing to say aloud. This is where racism works to my benefit because they are highly racist. And so they will not talk to me. And I love that. <laughs> I'm just like, do not come near me. And they're just like, they're like, we weren't going to. And like, I have been with like my white friends and they have approached my white friends and not me. And I'm just like, this sucks for you guys. <laughs> There's also on that street, I haven't actually been inside, but there is a storefront on Fountain as you sort of approach, I think it's Vermont. Mm-hmm. And it's got a, it's like painted on the outside and it says queer love is possible. Oh yeah. Have you seen that? What yeah. is that? I think it's a, like a, like a, um, not an antique store, but like a clothing store, a vintage clothing store, I believe. If I'm wrong, I pass by it because I walk down. I usually it's closed when I walk down because I walk down Fountain at night when I'm coming from work. And if you want to stalk me, please. Oh my god, that'd be so great. <laughs> like I would, I'd be so flattered. Um, no, um, I like pass by when it closed. I'm pretty sure it's a clothing store. If I'm right, or it might be an art gallery and that's LA. You don't know. Mm. Could be an art gallery, could be a clothing store. It could be, honestly, I would hope, I would love it to be like an apothecary shop. Uh, I would go, but. um, I haven't been brave enough to go inside, but I I did notice that. And I was like, that's a little punky. I kind of like that. No, there's, there's like, there's some interesting stuff happening in that, especially that corner over there. There's some stuff opening up. I feel like one of the things that I that is actually fun right now is that things that like all these closed storefronts that I thought were like abandoned or like the stuff's happening there again and I'm like oh cool I'm like a nosy person where I'll never go in but look in the window and be like oh that's that's interesting what's in there um, well because I feel like pandemic season one when I was you know first doing my walks mm-hmm. uh, it was just one after the other of storefronts being shuttered and mm. you know retail management companies numbers on placards in the windows just one after the other after the other you just kind of watch the fall of one small business after the other and yeah something that i'm seeing now in my walks is like open like grand openings yeah. and stuff like that and that's right. kind of that's nice to see 
No, I, there was a bar that I pretty sure was abandoned. And then I walked past one night and it's like raging. And I'm like, oh my God, this sounds, it's like, it's, it was, they were just having a party in there. I was like, this is great. I love this. Like, good for you guys celebrate because we all need to celebrate a little bit. Was there anything that you like a bar or a place that you really liked that, that did not survive the past couple of years? I haven't actually been here that long. So I moved early pandemic. I moved here before oh. the pandemic. So I have oh. I'm new. I'm fresh of the city. Okay. I am um I've been here before, but like I'm f- like move living here. I'm fresh of the city. Um, there was a like a library themed bar that's across from Skylight that I would remember I would go to after readings and like hang out with people there and that's not open anymore. And that that kind of um, that hurt me. There's there is, I mean, some places that I when I moved, I was like, I'm going here. There was there was a bar in West Hollywood that a friend of mine was like telling me I had to go see a friend of mine who moved here before I did and was like, you have to go here. I'm going to bring you here. And then the pandemic happened and got shut down. And mm. I can't remember the name of it right now, but I was just like, damn, there's so many, I feel like the pandemic made me feel like I missed out on stuff. There was big, <laughs> there was big, what is FOMO? But like, the realization that yeah I did miss out on it like actualized FOMO Mm -hmm. is that a is that a thing uh like it's Romo the reality of missing out (laughs) exactly that's it it's Romo um I got real Romo here um and I just you know it's gonna be I mean maybe there'll be things that will come from it that'll be like oh this is cool this is something that um is new and I got to be here for its inception and years from now I'll be able to be like yeah I was there when that place opened up but like you know I wish there's some things I wish I got to experience before pre-pandemic I can say that because there was a pre-pandemic not a post yeah the before um, times I, I I did also like I do I do also feel like I missed out on on a formative experience of LA because when I first moved here I moved in with I I, I had a two bedroom with a, one of my best friends who was here um in LA for a UCLA fellowship for a year mm-hmm. and that that entire first year that I was here that was 2018 to 2019 mm-hmm. I didn't like make an effort to go find stuff because I was already with like one of my besties and we would just do stuff right. together and I wasn't like out like searching for friends or searching for like new haunts or whatever it was just like oh I have like my my dude is here and then then the the after after he left then I started living with uh my friend Jenny Zhang and Mm. then she was just my my good friend who lived with me and and then she Mm. left like at the start of the pandemic so then I was like oh my god who do I know? What do I do? <laughs> like the, I, I didn't, I, you know, it was like, but I mean, nobody right. could have a social life at that time, but it was still right. like a kind of a shock to be like, I've been living here for how long? And I don't know anything about this place, which is kind of what's underlying my exploration of Los Angeles now. Mm-hmm. And, and my, my desire to just really go to all the places and do all of the things and see all the stuff. Because again, like I just, I'm, 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 I tend to be relentlessly positive and yeah. so I'm trying to see it from that angle. <laughs> And that is, wow, what a, what a gift. Cause I, I tend to, I have my phases. I have, I go from relentlessly positive to like just agonizingly negative. And, you know, mm. just like a good, a good like roller coaster emotion, good waves come on, like a normal healthy person, right? Please tell me. Yeah, that's right, just, please. that's literally just life. I mean, yeah. I'm on a, I'm on a, I'm on a positive kick right now, but like there's something in LA that kind of allows for that. I mean, and also mm. like, in the rare instances when there is actual weather here, it is so yeah. refreshing. 
Oh, it's so nice. You know, because it's not like, you know, in, I lived in New York for 15 years. I love that mm. place. It has my heart. But it is often inhospitable. Yeah. Like either it's so cold that you basically have to wear a spacesuit to go outside or it's so blisteringly hot and humid that you need gills because you're basically breathing underwater and yeah. it's hard to make plans. I mean, you wait all year for the summer. Like yeah. the summer is like summer in mm. New York, man. Summer in New York. Nothing like it in the whole world. Summer in oh, New yeah. York. Summer, most places. Summer in the Pacific Northwest. I love the Pacific Northwest summers because everyone is in such a good mood because they just yeah. spent six months being suicidal. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. but, but like summer in New York, man, it's so great. But it's hard to make plans because it actually rains a whole hell of a lot. And it ain't yep. like Los Angeles rain. Nope. You know what I mean? Like it ain't people like this sound. I am flabbergasted by their attitude towards the rain because it's a light dusting. And you would think people lose their damn mind. They can't drive in it. They don't know what to do. They have huge umbrellas. And I'm just like, literally put a hood on and you're good. (laughs) But like New York is torrential, you know? And it like, I've, I've, I have, you were basically in a shower. I've like seen streets turn into rivers within the matter of minutes, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, you're just wet from head to toe. So like, so, so it is like, kind of you know you can make a a plan for a beach day but that day it might just rain the shit out of you so it's like here you can actually make plans but but tangentially i feel like this is the culture i get from la i don't know if it's like still this way because like i got it a lot pre-pandemic and i don't know if people are doing it but people are just so much more flakier there's like the ability to actually make plans but when it comes to implementing those plans more often than not i feel like people are like no 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 no, i don't need to but it's also because it's not imperative that you do it that day because tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow are probably going to look the exact same yeah and like i mean as a person of uh flaky experience myself i yeah it's it it does be you do sometimes feel like oh yeah the i could do i mean i was using during the pandemic when someone would be like hey like my inner circle of people that i would see the five people that i would make sure to see including my uh, sister who lives out here um it was like i would be like sometimes i'd be like eh i was you know working at the store and i you know, just don't feel like it'd be, I would, I would definitely use like the fact that I was, I was working in public as an excuse. And now it's like, damn, I can't use that. <laughs> damn. I, people are like, yeah, but like, we're all outside now. So like you, you're fine. And I'm just like, damn, I can't be flaky. But also I feel like, I feel like I'm returning to like, I mean, I feel like LA summer also has, it doesn't have the New York vibe where I'm from the, I'm from Connecticut. So I remember that like, it like the four months of the year where the skies aren't gray and like the allergy season isn't killing me. And I like can wear shorts again. I'm like, oh yeah, that's like, it's the, it's truly a, um, a Zyrtec commercial where people are like going outside for the first time and the sun is hitting their face. But um, here, I don't know. There's like a real, we were talking about it before. There's, there's a real slutty vibe in LA in the summer. Like every, the, there's a, it's, it's slutty culture out here. And I love that. I love that Mm. idea. Do you, do you agree? Do you think, do you see what I'm saying? Do you think it's, I haven't, I haven't had a slutty summer in Los Angeles yet because the two summers I've had here have been COVID summers. <laughs> yeah, that's but, I mean. um, you know, use another casual observation. I don't like who ripped the knees out of everybody's jeans. 
Like somebody just came through LA, Freddy Krueger or somebody came through LA and just ripped the knees out of everybody. There are no knees in any jeans in Los Angeles. There are like nanny here, anywhere. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, that's, you just, you know, you can afford to be exposed in the city because it's like actively not trying to kill you for half of the year, like a New York mm-hmm. winter, you know? It's, it's no when where did that i now i kind of want to turn this episode into an investigation on that because when who who decided that who said no like i thought we were doing the the five inch inseam shorts i thought that was a thing but now it's the ripped jeans am i gonna have to rip my jeans i'm very angry about that and i I, it's like it's like taking a a page out of sort of the early nineties kind of grunge, you know, Joey from blossom kind of vibe where it was like distressed and like loose, but the, the, the the precision with which Los Angeles has like scooped knees out of their jeans. Like, was that like by decree of Eric Garcetti? Was he just like, take thy knees out of thy jeans? Like what is up with that? (laughs) Honestly, I feel like he would be, he would, definitely do that instead of you know like lowering like parking uh, validations or no parking fees uh street parking fees all that stuff that's what i meant to say (laughs) like he would he would do it instead of like you know helping the homeless he'd be like rip jeans homeless the homelessness problem in la i'm going with her jeans i want everyone to have a fun summer and i'm just like (laughs) okay not everyone (laughs) not everyone garcetti um um don't forget to vote um Oh yeah, primaries uh, coming up. Primaries are coming up. Don't forget to vote, guys. It's very important. Um, this is me going back to 2020 culture. Guys, go out and vote. Um, <laughs> I, oh my God, what a crazy time. Um, this is, no, this is, I'm loving this because we have barely talked about writing, but we're talking about, I mean, we're talking about right uh, walking in LA, which is, you know, if somehow more niche, more more like a much more um what's the word i'm looking for a much more well i mean it's 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 like that that's it's the insight into my process which is yeah i like the kind of also i haven't had a great relationship to the concept of free time Mm -hmm. and having unstructured time to just like do whatever i've I've always i've i you know i'm i'm a product of hustle culture i'm a product Mm -hmm. of like grind culture like that's you know the the my i measured my self-worth in the hours i spent working Mm -hmm. which is so perverted because there is a worth outside of work, but I was just, but I'm, mm. I'm, I don't know. My parents are also hustlers. Like my daddy was mm. the tribal chairman of our tribe and he like saw a way for the tribe to have like some kind of financial independence and, mm. and he worked really, really hard. And, and I've, I've understood, I understand progress, personal progress mm. and acumen and developing skills that but they require development, which requires you to work on them. And I, you know, I worked tirelessly up until like, just, you know, I had art collectives and I added like shitty jobs and I had, you know, others, like, I just always had something to do with my time. And then like Mm -hmm. every now and then on a Friday night, I would go out with my friends and we would do whatever, but then I would go home and I would write. You know, yeah. like writing and like writing was the work that I got to do for myself. All of the other types of work were so that I could go home at the end of the night, have two hours before bed and just write, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I had a pretty solid 
Like I, I worked on two TV shows, I guest starred on two TV shows. I wrote Ooh. two episodes of television and I was a, a Sundance fellow for this like screenwriting intensive that mm. I, 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 my last day of work, I'm on a hiatus right now, which means like between seasons. And my last day mm. of work was like the middle of February. And for that mm. first week, I was like, what do I do? <laughs> I just have like time and I don't have any job interviews. I don't have any generals. I don't have any pitch meetings. I'm not working on anything. And it was really weird at first. And then I just kind of like, it was like, why don't you just go out and be, mm-hmm. you know? Like, why do you have to work? And it was kind of a, a thing where I kind of gave my per- myself permission to just slow down and to feel the bottoms of my feet and to smell the air and to listen to people. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, oh, I yeah. would just go to an like, you know, go get them tiger on Larchmont, just like sit mm-hmm. outside and oh, yeah. people watch. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the simple joy that of just like watching people walk by, have their conversations, talk about their favorite movies, talk about their agents or their managers or whatever. It was so refreshing to just mm-hmm. be like, oh, and it, it does feel like I'm infusing myself with this city and the city is infusing itself with me. And like just you know, I, I'm I have uh, keys to my friend's place because like she's off in Tulsa. They're shooting second season of um, Res Dogs right now, so I go up and I feed her plants, and she's mm. like I'm um, kind of in Thai town, so I'll just like walk there and water the plants and be like, what should I do now? And it's like let's go to the nursery. I'll go to Sunset yeah. Nursery, and it's like then just walk down Sunset, like walk down Sunset for however long, and just be like get a deep dish pizza, and like get a deep dish pizza, mm. you know, just kind of like allowing myself. Um, the le- the leisure that my hard work has given me the space for instead of mm-hmm. trying to get a new job right away because the thing about working in television is like the next job isn't promised to you and there is no way to schedule there is like no way to schedule things in the- i have people ask about do i c- can i come to their wedding and it's like i hope so <laughs> But unless I'm on set or if I'm in a room, that means I can't. So it's hard to make plans. And Mm -hmm. it's, and I have a lot of people, you know, like my previous um, job basically was as a touring performer. And I just went all Mm -hmm. over the place. You would regularly go to LAX at three in the morning to Tampa or to Seattle or to Boston or to St. Louis or wherever, Mm -hmm. like three times a week. And that would give me enough money to be able to like spend the rest of the time writing. Right. And then after when the pandemic hit, like, you know, I had a, I had a whole spring tour planned and like a mm. summer tour planned that all got kind of, um, well, they, they were all canceled right now. Like people are starting to get in touch again and be like, can you come in September? Can you come in? And it's like, I can't commit to that because I could get a job on Wednesday and right. I could be working for the rest of the year. And I don't have any control over that. And I, I need to be flexible to this mm-hmm. new career that I have. So in a way, like it's kind of, mm, you know, there's, I had so, I got so much joy from performing and from traveling and from touring and from interacting with people. Cause like, I, like I tell you, zoom readings ain't the thing. It is not the same at all as like standing in front of a group of people and watching their eyes and 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 getting understanding. I, I feel like it's a responsibility for me as a performer. If I'm on that stage and you come out to spend time with me, I'm going to give you an experience you will never forget and that you can't get anywhere else. That's my responsibility as a performer. And 
I, I recently read at Beyond Baroque in Venice for Loma's, uh, Christopher Soto's uh, 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 launch of their book, um, Diaries of a Terrorist. And it was the first time I'd read in a really long time. And I had, like, I took a minute when I got on stage and I was just like, ooh, I forgot about this. Like, I forgot how wonderful this was. And my current career, which I'm so grateful for, um, means that I don't have the opportunity to do that, if ever. Like, I'm doing the LA Times Book Festival, but that's because it's like on a weekend. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I don't have to travel. I don't have to like go to an airport and go somewhere else to. And like these things that I did before and like the, the currency that I had before as a performer and as a flexible performer without necessarily a nine to five where I could just drop everything and go to someplace. And I had right. my tour schedule, like in like um so intricately planned. I knew exactly what the next year was going to look like. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have that kind of security anymore. And it is... It, it does feel like a um, almost like a mourning process, you know. I'm like mourning the 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 touring life because yeah. I don't see that being a part of my future. And mm-hmm. to be honest with you, uh, I retired at the right time because you can tour at 28 in a way that you can at 38. I tell you right now, and it was wearing on me. And I I, I knew that there had to be a change at a certain point that it wasn't a sustainable life. But um, I couldn't have seen anything else that would replace touring until TV writing happened. And yeah. it's made me, you know, super locked into a place mm-hmm. into Los Angeles in a way that I've never felt super locked into a city before. So it is it is different. And, and I do miss performing. And I wish I could tell all the people, you know, in Berkeley and um, Tulsa and all the other places that like have been asking me to come out there and tour. I wish I could tell you yes, because I honestly love doing that, but I can't because my schedule is unpredictable. Even scheduling this interview, I was like, can we do it sooner rather than later? Cause I don't know how much right. longer I'm going to be on hiatus. And I can't promise that I, I can actually show up on a day that I have, like, I can't on a right. day that I have a job, you know? No, I mean, that's the, it's, it's the life of a, um, a rolling stone, you know, you're just, you don't know where it's it's honestly I'm I love that I'm jealous of it I want it's the the excitement of you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow you don't know what you're going to get tomorrow tomorrow might be you know something that'll change your life and I just that sounds that sounds so great that's so it sounds so interesting so and I mean it sounds like you've worked really hard for that so congratulations one on it and but like two like it just it's it sounds like also you know you're prepared for that in a way too you're like it's uh there was there was when you were talking about that I was like yeah there's a connect I can see how both things are connected though like even though you're in LA and you're kind of becoming embedded in LA you know you're still having that like the the instead of traveling places you're like traveling between jobs you're traveling between like you're traveling within your career in LA mm-hmm. and that sounds so like that sounds exciting like just as exciting in a way but in a different way but well it does it does it, 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 I do feel like let me how do I say this without being disrespectful um I with poetry I always felt um, invigorated Mm -hmm. and I I got a a sense of esteem from 
from writing poetry and from performing, but it's hard to feel appreciated mm-hmm. um, in a capitalist society when you have to beg for like a hundred dollar stipend, you know? Yeah. Whereas like with TV writing, I writing isn't a part of my everyday practice any longer. Well, to the extent that it was. So there's like an estrangement from the thing that I gained self-esteem from, but mm-hmm. I do feel very appreciated because I feel adequately compensated, which mm-hmm. is kind of a disgusting thing to say because capitalism is terrible, but, yeah. I, but I'm, I've, I've been indoctrinated and mm-hmm. since birth, you know, and it's, it's in addition to being like, is there self-worth outside of work? You know, is there mm-hmm. self-worth outside of your paycheck too? Like, right. obviously yes, but this place will have you fucked up about it. Yeah. And I mean, like, it's, it, as you said, you were talking about um, your friend who's a TV writer, uh, Nora, Nora, right? Yeah. Um, just my part. Oh, Nori um, Reed. Not Nori my friend, Reed, but yeah. a comic that I, that I admire. A comic also a television writer. Who yeah. might be a friend. You never know. You might be a friend soon. Um, Nori, if you're listening. Um, no, but like you were saying that they were talking about like, yeah, your friends, you want to go to Nobu and your friends are like, I'm... I am I can't I won't mm-hmm. I'm currently eating out of the trash can behind my house because I saw a pizza being thrown away um <laughs> that's not a true story guys I've not done that you that was not me you saw in the dumpster um <laughs> no I mean yeah it's that it's that um I was telling someone the other day I was like every time you see me eat out somewhere that's fancy it's because I scammed my way there <laughs> I and I if you want to learn how just sign up for these sign up with only three easy payments of 79.99 a month um but but honestly like in the lean years like going on dates for dinner was real it was a real thing i mean back in my 20s i was like i was very pretty and i was very like fit and i could just like pull anybody's man and it would be like you know because most of the time most of the time in those in those early days like you know it'd be like the dollar pizza slice that had cut in half and have one for half for breakfast and one half for lunch and then then I'd be like I try to get on a go on a date for dinner or something like that you know and and Mm -hmm. and you know paying off credit cards with other credit cards and just like swimming in debt and you know they're like it's it's a it's been an interesting journey I'll just say that much (laughs) no I mean and that's if what is your 20s if not just getting debt like i decided to go to grad school what a choice god like a dumbass um i i just swimming in debt we're just finding new ways to get debt and then our 30s is where we cross fingers and hope we <laughs> we can and I, I planted enough seeds in those 20s that i could have something something to yeah something for the harvest so the uh the 30s are where you learn how to you know pray because you're just hoping (laughs) you're you're just like whatever prayer means for you not in like a specific way but you're you're just like give me give me something universe give me something la i'm praying to la um as a D. I i need something i need you know yeah. I, i'm holding out for a hero really holding out for a hero truly singing that song every day <laughs> which is <laughs> i wish was a lie um no i mean and that's and i feel like you know you're you held you found your have you do you feel like you found your hero do you feel like you found you know your 30s oh yeah absolutely i mean the I, the hero was in coming from inside the body you know it was here all along it was coming from inside the house yeah yeah Uh, but but Um, it was also just I feel like I 
did do a lot of work in my mm-hmm. 20s. I mean, uh, besides like hopelessly dating and, mm-hmm. you know, getting fucked up and and just, you know, living my my best gutter slut life in, in, in New York, okay. I really, really did make a commitment to writing. That was the seed, you know, mm-hmm. that was the seed that I planted and I have felt the fruition of it in my, well, starting from, you know, when I first came out with IRL, but, but um, up until this day, it, but it was all of those missed summers, you know, where I spent, mm-hmm. where, where, where friends were going to the beach and going to the mountains and going to the Catskills and, you know, being on rooftops and having margaritas. And, and I would just be in um, my apartment writing and mm-hmm. thinking like this, this had better lead me somewhere. Like, I remember when I had my art collective and there were times like I would, and this was like back in the day, like I would made zines and um, mm. iPhones weren't really a thing as big as they, I mean, iPhones were around, but they were like the real housewives had iPhones. Like us right. plebes didn't have iPhones. Right. Um, and I, I said, I made zines and I would like leave them out at cafes and bars and restaurants and laundromats. And, and I go around and flyer when we would have, um, uh, zine release shows every other month mm-hmm. that I would host. And like, you know, I was so, had such stage fright and I had to just really put in the time and, and, and effort and, and um, ex- it, it was exposure therapy. Like I just had to do, it. I had to do it as often as possible. Like I just did open mics and I did my reading series and other reading series until I didn't feel like falling apart and shaking and sweating on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember there was one part in particular, it was snowing in New York and like I didn't have waterproof shoes, which was only permissible at 23. And I remember it was snowing and I stepped into a thing and I like, it like swallowed me up to the knees. And it was mm-hmm. like, I was wet and I was cold and I was taking these flyers around to these like different wine shops and bars and cafes. And I remember looking at this guy being like, and it was so uncomfortable and I was so, I was so cold. And I was just like, bitch, this better lead to something or else you're out here suffering needlessly. <laughs> and that's kind of what, what, what the experience of my twenties was, which was like taking a stab at it and, and committing to a practice and committing to a kind of a rigorous, like not only writing, but also reading and also like but not just reading poems, but reading everything and being a repository or, or, or being a focal point or, or, or a nexus point for like the world, allowing mm-hmm. everything in so that when I started writing, I had so much to express. And I mean, yeah, that's what a, I mean, I feel like the 20 year olds listening right now are like, wow, this is what I get to hear today. And it, it's, it's, no, I mean, it's the 20s are your years of uncertainty, your years of God. I don't like, I feel like I just, you just want to look into it for you would, the money I would pay to look into like a, what is the ball, like the fortune a crystal ball? balls, a yeah. crystal ball, crystal orb to like see what my future is going to look like. Oh my God. I would take out another credit card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell I, you this much. Like once you find the thing, then your next fear is like the crushing onslaught of mortality <laughs> and, you know, and like your body falling apart. <laughs> but the, the fun thing about 20 year olds now is that because of the pandemic, we have that now too. We got, mm. we, we really just jumped the ball on that. Um, it's, it's, and I'm, 
I am just at this point, I'm just like, eh, well, tomorrow, who knows what's gonna happen? And I'm just doing this. I you just I I and I mean like in a in a kind of freeing way too, where you're just like, you know, I'm having a good time today, and that's kind of what matters. And I'm not even a good time in the sense of like having fun going to here here, but I'm just like, I wrote I got to write for the entire day that was fun for me that was something that I really feel accomplished doing and it kind of it kind of like I feel like because of the past two years the future became so uncertain that it kind of freed us from like a little bit of those thoughts of like what am I what's I have this has to pay off where it's like what if it doesn't what if it what if I don't get to see the payoff am I happy with today if I don't see if I if like I don't, if I'm not guaranteed tomorrow, it just mm-hmm. like it's it puts a lot into context. I mean, I hope I hope it does for other people too, or else I hope I'm not like doing it wrong. Um, I'll ask my therapist later. It's fine. Um, <laughs> uh, no, this is this is oh, what what a great. I did want to ask though because you were talking about before, like you know, eight eight conversations before I think eight topics before. Um, you were like this part, you're like learning how to like, you know, be not work as much, not put so much into your work, you know, be more open. Have you learned anything about like your own kind of self from that? Like has, what has, what's come out of it for you? Well, I found that the, the more I slow down, the more I realize, or the more I come to terms with or look at what it was that I was running from, mm. you know, that there's a kind of restlessness within me that comes from a place of, you know, pretty profound traumatic experiences in childhood. Mm-hmm. And it, I feel like I've given myself the opportunity to take that, take like little Tommy, you know, little Tebes and, and just be like, I'm really sorry that all that stuff happened to you. And you really shouldn't have been put in that position. And I'm sorry that you didn't feel protected and it's not your fault. And you're going to grow up and you're going to have like your dream job. And you might not feel like it right now, but you're all right. I feel like I've been able to give that, that little guy a hug and you know, cause it's funny. Cause like, like memories start to come back that I didn't even realize that I was repressing, not repress. I wasn't actively repressing them. They were just, right. your body does something or your mind does something with trauma in order to keep you alive. Right. right? Yeah. And as I started to break from my, uh, ha- um, isms like workaholism mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and my patterns of, of, um, evasion, it helped me to sort of heal a part of myself that I thought I didn't realize needed healing. And, you know, I always thought that I hated babies. I always thought that I hated Mm. babies and dogs because I'd be like, fucking babies. Like they can't dress themselves. They can't talk for shit. Like dogs, people are so precious with them. Fucking hate people and they're fucking dogs. God damn it. And like having to get off the sidewalk because somebody in a double wide stroller, it was just like these fucking babies, these fucking babies and these fucking dogs. But then I started to realize I don't actually hate babies or dogs. I hate that I didn't feel protected like they do. You know, like that, that those babies and those dogs are, are precious and that people treat them as 
precious things that need protection. And that's what I hated. And once I started to realize that, man, I'd be smiling at people's dogs all the time now. I love my friend's kids. Like I just bought my friend, um, her, I just bought a bunch of art supplies for a kid. And I was like, I need some drawings for my fridge. So please. <laughs> and I mean it honestly. Like I just, I just like think I just, yeah. I'm just like, these are the most special, perfect, pure things. They they all they, you know, I want to encourage and protect them. And you know, yeah. it's it was a it was a kind of it was a profound experience, I think, in the past yeah. couple of months of of understanding what it was that I was running from. But it also, man, that's so much more to write about. <laughs> And I mean, it sounds like, I mean, another, once again, I'm excited to read your next stuff whenever it comes to pressure, because it sounds like you're, you know, you're, you're coming into a new era of, you know, teams, you're coming into a new, <laughs> a new um, persona. It's you've, you've went from Sasha Fierce to, you know, just Beyonce. No, yeah. No, I mean, she doesn't need Sasha no more and I don't really need Teeves. I mean, there's a part of them that I feel I've integrated and I don't feel like I have to hide behind anything anymore. I mean, a persona is a mask, right? Like right. I don't feel like I have to wear a mask any longer. Although I do still wear them in the grocery stores. <laughs> and I, and I will keep wearing them at work. So if you come to Skylight, you will see me in a mask. Uh, I'm always, when I, I've been to Skylight maybe four or five times in the past couple of months and I always go with my, my, my mask still on. Thank you. And thank you. And thank you. Um, that's no, I mean, but no, that's, that's beautiful. That's like a, that's to like, you know, have that one day I'll have, maybe I need to come up with a persona to like, maybe, maybe it's my persona era. Maybe it's my time for a persona. Um, I don't know what it is yet. And I actually, I do. I do kind of know what it is, but that's another story for later. Um, no, um, there's no, I, I, I love this new era. And honestly, um, I just, I'm excited for your work. I was a big fan of just like, you know, uh, your poems. I've been following you for years um, and your work on television. It just, it's, it's exciting to see. It's exciting to see my, um, my friend Kelly, um, who we're both big friends, fans of Food for Thought, and we, whenever we like talk about like whenever we talk about episodes we've heard, we're like, yeah, our friends said we talk about our friends, <laughs> like because we're insane, is what I'm saying. Um, no, but the po a podcast is extremely intimate. I mean, so is poetry. Like people don't typically get together and listen to podcasts together or um, yeah. read poetry together. It's it's almost uh, um, a um, solo experience. You know, you listen right. to them in your headphones, you're cooking dinner or you're mm -hmm. in your commute and you, largely by yourselves. And for that reason, I didn't understand the kind of intimacy that that engenders and mm -hmm. that like, it is like, um, I think I think a part of it is because the four of us on Food for Thought are very transparently ourselves. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that there's a, even if you don't agree with something that we say that there is a truth and an honesty there and 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 because I, I i feel like partially because like when we get into those rooms or on those zooms and and we commit to bearing ourselves mm -hmm. um i think and it's similarly with poetry um yeah that that uh it, i think it, it gives people some kind of permission to do the same thing yeah. and also, we just be having fun. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a fun time most of the time. But it's like, we can go from talking about getting fisted to like, you know, like 
radical gender theory within yeah. the span of like two minutes. So I'm 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 glad that y'all like that. It's been no. a nice it, it's been a nice thing to kind of especially when I was on tour before, but then in these mm. past couple of times that I've had the opportunity to read in person in Los Angeles, like so many people really, really connect with that show. I, I was like I was outside a coffee shop with my manager and um one of the baristas came out and because I'd gone in with my mask on, he didn't see me, but yeah. I like, was sitting outside and and uh I don't know their gender, but they came out and were like, I just want to say, and I was like, oh no, like I thought they were kicking us off the patio. <laughs> just, like your work means so much to me and I love your show. And I was oh. like, oh fuck, that was actually thank you for that. That is oh. gonna carry me on for the rest of the day, for the rest of the week, for the rest of the month, for the rest of the year, you know? No, I mean, I and I also like, I mean. I feel like it's such a privilege to get to hear you guys talk about, you know, even just having fun, just like, it's such a privilege to like, you know, be invited. I like, I mean, thank you to you and everyone for that, for like allowing us to, you know, to, you know, have the pleasure of being invited into like your friendship, even though it like in, even, even in that space, even when we're like, I mean, I'm again, as a crazy person, I'm there like talking to you guys, like you can hear me. I'm like, when you say something, I'm like, yeah. And I agree with <laughs> when I'm just like in my car driving, like talking, like I'm on the phone. I swear, I swear that like people are like, yeah, he's on a call right now. He can't talk. I'm like, no, I'm just listening to a podcast. <laughs> no, but, um, and like, especially after like years of listening to you guys and like, you know, watching the podcast grow and watching you all change and become new people like that it's just it's it's so it's so it does feel like when to like pride to hear all of your accomplishments and like yeah I've known I've known teeps for years and it's just it's <laughs> like I am so like when um reservation dogs when it came out and you we all were, and you were on the show and you uh, announced it and we were like like I feel like I was part of the crowd just cheering um somewhere. <laughs> so no thank you so thanks for like what is letting us into that space with you guys and like you know I feel like there's definitely a a community of fans of yours who are just proud of you know you know your own growth so you know thank you thank you, you. I mean it, it's also a, a privilege to be it's audacious to to think you can put something out there and people are going to interact with it but uh, so it, I, I I don't I, I don't take for granted um mm -hmm. people's time and attention and that's why I try to make stuff as best as I possibly can because I also like to feel that that it's it's all, all, so much of it is, is an exercise of trust and like I want to make the best possible thing because that's because that's the that's the relationship right that's the kind mm -hmm. of um that's like the wages of 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 trust and attention and time is like quality so that's what I, I right. try to do <laughs> no and thank you I feel like I feel like I've never come out of your work without like you know without with feeling with needing anything I feel like I feel full I feel creatively full afterwards so thank you for that um sadly sadly we have to end our um oh my god Sade shirt I'm so sorry um listeners you can't see but uh your uh Tommy your shirt's amazing I love yeah, it yeah it's the goddess of love Sade yes yeah Sade I just I just love it i mean what a great way and that's and that's how we're ending it 
<laughs> that's i'll put a honestly you should i should have a visual of just a shirt on this episode <laughs> so they get to see it no um thank you so much for coming on again this has been so much fun i feel like um i feel like we i feel like we i feel like i know so much more about you now and uh just in i feel like i'm so excited i'm so excited now to like even revisit your work in the in a more like oh this is what we were talking about here this is what we're talking about here but an excitement of also seeing what's to come and i mean i know i'm excited for your episode of reservation dogs coming out so i can only imagine what the what the food for thought is (laughs) i i'm i'm writing the finale this season oh my god i I'm so excited. I'm so excited. The way that it left off too, I just, it's going to be, I can only imagine how, how much fun it's going to be this season. Um, I hope I get to go to set because I'm still the only writer who hasn't been on set yet. Mm-hmm. And I want to just, I want to be like, Sterling, just like put me in the background so I can come to Tulsa and hang out with everybody. Please, <laughs> please, please. I mean, I would love those, when those, all of those, um, all those kids on the show are just so good (laughs) they're so funny and they're so personable and they're so just they're just so I like want to protect them all I just want to fight I I would fight for them um they just they're so good and they're so like there's it's so they're so 2022 kids in a way that also intimidates me where I'm like don't look at me I'm not cool enough for you Uh, (laughs) no I feel you I feel you (laughs) uh, these kids these days no um the oldest thing i've ever said these kids these days crazy um (laughs) no but thank you so much for this this was a pleasure um then watch yeah watch reservation dogs is there anything else you want to plug on here might as well you have right uh yeah um listen to my podcast who for thought listen to scream queen buy some of those books um you can catch me um season two episode four of resident alien as drew a weird queerdo who interacts with uh harry vanderspiegel um and i think that's all i've really got going i mean i'm just I'm, I'm out here not doing anything actually for the most part i'm out here just like living and going to home furnishing stores and like Love looking that. at couches and like going to nurseries and just like thinking and walking and listening to podcasts so how how about um also if you if they see you walking just like a friendly wave from a distance yeah don't shout yeah. don't shout i do have a little mm. bit of of car of, of epithet trauma that's <laughs> no, fine but like a friendly wave from afar that's good right yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just and if you in like that's the only if you see it. If not, I mean it's still a wave. It's like um it's yeah, it's a friendly wave. No, but um I'm telling you, start that tour. That's money right there. Listen, if you need a side <laughs> hustle, if you need someone to plan it, you know where to find me. I all right, all right, I'll think about it. I'll think about, <laughs> think about, it. about <laughs> it. No, thank you so much, Tommy. Um to our listeners. Thank you guys for either if it's your first time listening, thank you for listening. We have some great episodes go back and listen to some we have some great episodes coming so you know stick around we'll make sure to like keep you entertained tell me listeners who are returning thank you for coming back i love you all you guys go have a great day walk around la if you're in la i mean don't if don't walk by don't walk the routes that we talked about here but walk somewhere else go walk <laughs> go walk somewhere else but um yeah go and experience la but you all have a great and beautiful rest of your day do something nice for yourself and you know bye bye
Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.